Welcome to another edition of the Venue Podcast. It is podcast number 23. I'm Matt. I'm William. I'm Josh. And I'm Philip. So the number 23 is significant because our Pelicans are in the playoffs right now, New Orleans Pelicans. And number 23 is the number of Anthony Davis, potential MVP of the NBA this year. Anthony Davis? Mm-hmm. Didn't he play C3PO? Oh, wait, it's Anthony Daniels. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you nerded Sorry. that out. Sorry. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so there's a Star Wars movie coming out. That is true. That is true. Yep. If you live under a rock, uh, you won't know this. If you don't live under a rock, you will know this. New uh, Star Wars uh, trailer came out, and it was kind of cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Mm-hmm. I Exciting. didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Wait. Really? No. I don't really care about Star Wars. Okay. I, know. okay. I, I don't I know. either, this right? I but know. This pains me to say this. John, just just check this particular one out, okay? Were, were there any trailers that released uh, last week that you were excited about? Because there were, there were quite a few. I, uh, are you trying to push me towards a certain direction nope. here? Because I'm not nope. getting just it. any of them. No. Nope. Nope. I didn't watch one. any trailers. Okay. Did you ever watch, <laughs> Star, did you ever watch Star Wars Is your, like, I did. at all? I did. I watched them all at least once. At least once. At least once. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've well, watched them like good. 25 mm-hmm. times. <laughs> 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> you know, you just, that's just, and you should have lied and just said, oh, yes, I'm excited. Because now, from now until the end of time, I'll be like, Philip, the guy who doesn't like Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really take bother me. Says I'm the Matt, sauce. the guy that makes his own detergent. <laughs> the guy who doesn't like Star Wars. All right. Well, standing desks are all the rage here at Venue lately, it seems like, right? Really? I know. We're kind of get Will saying no. No, they're not. <laughs> Phil, have you built yourself one, or do you have one? So, I do. I didn't build it, but I do have a standing desk. Nice. Um, it is, it's kind of weird to get used to at first. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty tiring standing up for that long, but, you know, I'm used to it now, and uh, apparently it is way healthier than sitting down all day. So, that's good, right? You feel do healthier? Do you feel better? Um, I do because I started standing up because of a, a weird medical problem with my side that I'm still sorting out. But mm. um, it makes me feel better for that reason. But I mean, it's technically I think you're supposed to have like more energy and stuff. Should we stand I, I while know. we podcast? You guys think? No, your butt was made for something. And that's for sitting. And that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> this butt was made for sitting, and that's just like blue suede shoes. Look, I I do think standing is supposed to be better for you, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to you know I think it's it's good they say you burn more calories standing than sitting in the long run it's better so but uh you know there's other times you want to sit down and work yeah i think think we have like five or six people that do uh stand up does yours raise and lower no it's just permanent yep well i mean it's just sitting on top of my desk yeah so i mean if i want to sit down i can i just can't reach my mouse that well okay i got you cool It's it's a fad Next, I don't think next, so. Next, no. then it's going to go back, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, I can't wait to go sit down." And wait, oh wait, now I've got cushions, and like, like yeah. a whole new. Yeah. Oh, have you got the new cushion that's got this, this, this? And I'm like, oh no, uh, I don't it's know. Gel. Yeah, uh, one of the guys here has the the robotic. Yeah, you know, one where it raises thing. and that's lowers. So cool. It is very cool. It is cool. So you get the best of both worlds. Yes, yep. sitting and standing. Hmm. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I made that little. I made a little podium for my desk. Just set it on there. And then yeah. I can take it off. So you're getting actually more exercise taking and, re- yeah, and putting your podium like, uh, back on. I'm doing off. lifts, you know. I guess these are <laughs> almost curls by lifting it, you know. Um, yeah, but it, it's – I agree. I feel mm-hmm. better standing. I do start to get a little worn out. So if you're getting worn out, I guess you're 
doing exercise. Well, I'm so glad you're feeling better because yes. weren't you sick last week? I was. <laughs> so me and Josh and, and Phil here have been debating about why you were sick. And we're beginning to wonder maybe was it the detergent? <laughs> no, it was my kid. Oh. I don't think it was the detergent. Although I did make more detergent this weekend. Two whole batches. Did you make a stronger stronger batch? I did. I did. I put a little uh, ortho in there. Can you like maybe flavor the detergents at all with different... Things, sure, natural flavors different, like different blueberries and oh no, no, no you don't okay. eat it. All right, yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah, you wouldn't want to yeah. eat it, I'm sure. No, it wouldn't be. It'd be for like coloring and for for scent. Why would you want to put coloring in it? I don't know. Yeah, because you essentially what you're doing is you're making Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't have any scent in my like, oh, my detergent. Okay. I I what are you doing next? I'll put no, scent no. in my detergent. The Fell's nap though really does have a scent though. It's pretty refreshing. You wouldn't it's put like mint scent. in it or something. No, it's vanilla. It smells like. Bell's Napta. Although we did start with um, what's the soap? Ivory soap, and the ivory uh, soap had kind of oh, an Irish yeah. Spring smell yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we use cool. that. Yeah, this neat. is going to sound really weird, but I use a detergent that has no dyes and no perfumes in mm-hmm. it, and for some reason, it smells exactly like a cocktail. It smells like nice. a, a hurricane from Pat O'Brien's. It's yeah. super weird. Hmm. I, I have no idea why. Taste it. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I just use time. Things do <laughs> taste like they smell, delicious. right? I remember the first time I had coffee that actually tasted like it smelled mm-hmm. back in the day. Like I grew up on Folgers, you know, and it just doesn't, that doesn't work. Mm-mm. You went to a coffee shop, I kept you, know, you and I was like, so this is awesome. Do you, you know, know the new, um, the new, so there's, you remember Starbucks over by Whole Foods? Uh-huh. We know they closed down and they moved. Mm-hmm. So then now they're over uh, just down this way, just like yeah. 100 yards. But they have a new coffee machine called the Clover. Hmm. And it is supposed to be one of the best coffee machines you can buy. Um, it's all computerized. So they've actually had a, the Starbucks master coffee taster went in and did a bunch of um, uh, blends and pure pure uh, Arabica bean coffee um, grinds. And then actually programmed the machine to automatically build and, you know, like, brew the cup of coffee as per his instructions. Hmm. So it's supposed to be delicious coffee. It's supposed to be the best that people have been, you wow. know, the best they've ever had at That's Starbucks. Awesome. So. But isn't it, isn't it missing and something? And it's very, very expensive, this machine, the Clover coffee machine. Isn't So isn't you can it, buy it, though? I, I think so. Okay, cool. But, but this coffee created by a robot, isn't it missing something like <laughs> love? Love, yes. Yeah, it's like you can emotion. tell. You can tell mm-hmm. when there's love yeah. involved in, in coffee. food mm-hmm. in coffee. I agree. It's about eleven thousand dollars. Making fun of me? No, okay. not at all. Yeah. Eleven grand. Wow, that's pretty expensive. That's man. You could buy an Apple Watch with that. Well, almost maybe, maybe half of one. <laughs> oh snap! But it's supposed to like measure and, and do the whole thing automated, and it's supposed to be the best. Oh, so do they have it at their? Yeah, they have it at the one here in Baton Rouge. No kidding. Okay. Yeah, so when you go get a coffee, ask them for the. I want the Clover coffee. Cool. Okay. Definitely worth trying. I got you. <laughs> So, Recon Jet. That sounds cool, doesn't it? That sounds cool. It's not a jet, though, unfortunately. Oh. It is a, it's like Google Glass, so to speak. Um, it's basically sunglasses, well, it's, it comes in different formats, but uh, it's glasses, sunglasses, glasses, whatever. It's got a little, uh, little screen on it, very similar to Google Glass. And uh, basically what it's aimed at doing, and it's, it is first gen, I got to say, aimed at doing is uh, getting involved in the sporting, you know, industry, 
So biking, jogging, things like that, where you're measuring distance, where you're measuring time, where you're measuring uh, different aspects about your environment as you're racing or whatever it may be. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And you can definitely see ReconJet, R-E-C-O-N-J-E-T. You can definitely see where this has the potential to become something. So they're uh, taking what Google Glass obviously, I don't know, I would say spearheaded, really, and focusing that application. Um, and I think that's very interesting. Yeah, you know, I think I think see. that's go ahead. I think that's something that um, you're right in that they're focusing this to be an activity piece of hardware. This mm-hmm. is not for you to go walk around. Right town in um this is made for activities sports and i think also the price point is like more affordable it's like 700 bucks yeah so half of what a google glass costs and you don't wear this all the time you wear this when you're skiing you're biking you're adventure racing you know whatever application you're doing i think this actually makes more sense it's a heads-up display for sports now oakley has a pair of goggles like ski goggles slash uh, snowboarding goggles that has some of the same uh, functionality embedded inside the the goggle which as you know ski goggles basically take up your half of your face right Mm -hmm. Um, but it's very elegant the way they integrated it Um, so this is some cool stuff that definitely has potential i think what does this do for you that a fitness band wouldn't do besides like recording videos well it's a heads-up display it, it, re, it tells you things about your, your activity, like how fast you're going, is there a polar bear chasing you, that type of thing. Don't fitness bands do that? Some of them do, absolutely. Them. And there's obviously little devices you can put on your bike, mm-hmm. you know, that sit right there, kind of like a yeah. dashboard, really, um, that do the same sort of thing. It's just another spin yeah. on it, you know, bottom line. Well, isn't isn't it, I mean, I, I think... I think part of the appeal is to where it's right there on your face and you don't have to look down or look at right. a fitness band or whatever to, to see it. Well, this isn't okay. a fitness app. This is not to track your fitness necessarily. This is to track activities, runs, and things like this. But it's not with the viewpoint of, hey, I need, you know, it's not a fitness band. It's something, hey, I'm going to record and have interaction. You know, the fitness band, when you're wearing a fitness band, it just it's on you. You don't really think about it till you get to where you're going and pull out your phone and do your thing. This, I think, is more of a combination of Google Glass versus uh, combined with like a GoPro. Yeah, I'm going to record my activity. Maybe if I'm biking or something exciting, walking or jogging, maybe not so much. But while I'm doing the activity, I'm getting data to my face. You know, uh, I guess it would be like a fitness band if you had like a smart watch. And like when I use, um, was it Runkeeper? Mm-hmm. I look down at my watch to see, you know, what I'm doing and this type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I so I guess Run it would be sim- Yeah, I guess it would be something similar to like a, a fitness band. But I think this is the next level. Hmm. But I do, you know, the thing is also these. Um, it looks like the the device is modular, so it looks like it's just built on a nice trendy set of sunglasses. So you could pop, probably pop these um, these attachments off. And then just wear the sunglasses they're, as is. They're pretty big. Those little little devices that clip on. That's going to be this thing's downfall, I think, because it's it mm-hmm. looks like a fairly hefty device to put on your face, you know. But yeah. again, oh. as as this technology improves, we'll see it obviously scale down and be more embedded in the glasses themselves. Well, I'm pretty skeptical. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about this one. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. It is young. It absolutely is yeah. young. Yeah, and, it, and it's also not. It's it's in beta right now. I don't think it's available for sale. 
uh, at least that's what I'm seeing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if they can integrate like heart heartbeat, mm-hmm. heartbeat, heart rate. You know, if it's pulling that data from somewhere on your face and, and putting it out there. So sure. interesting. Recon Jet. You can look it up. So we have up here, someone just invented a self-powered camera. How does that work and what does that mean? Yes. So um, <clears throat> January 15th, uh, which was, uh, what was that last week? January 15th? I mean, sorry, April 15th, <laughs> okay. everybody. <laughs> April 15th, uh, a research team led by Shri K. Nayar, I hope I'm saying that right, okay. um, invented a prototype video camera that actually powers itself via light. Oh, that's cool. It'll take a, a picture every, um, let's see, each second. Uh-huh. And and we're kind of looking at it right now. It's very fuzzy, black and white, um, not the best video, um, but the fact that it's not powered by anything other than the extra light in the room makes it fascinating. Um, and they're actually um, planning on presenting the work at the International Conference on Com- Computational Photography at Rice University in Houston, April 24th to 26th. Wow. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah that's very when cool. When you say it's powered by light, self, fully self-powered, sounds really interesting. And then just put like solar panels on your on your on your camera, and any camera would be self powered. I suppose so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not doubting it because I'm sure there's some some additional things that this thing does, or maybe it's got something, you know. But it's basically a solar panel. You take a solar panel. Bottom right, self powered camera image. There we go. Yeah, let's take a look at it. Look it at. says it okay. works by some photodiode. Mm-hmm. All right. So what Thank we're looking at here is tiny. That is very very small, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is it? Can't really tell. Can't, there's nothing for scale. We need like okay. a yeah. We need a quarter or something. Yeah. Here. All right. Well, let me propose this. Look at your the back of your iPhone. That little camera right there. They obviously get even smaller than that. That's where we can go with this. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of applications, right? Definitely. That's cool. And I I thought it was an interesting uh an interesting you know I guess discovery and uh, the future with technology like this could be fantastic. Hmm. Technology I'd powering like to know, itself. That yeah, sounds like dangerous. Know, yeah, it does sound dangerous. I'd like to know how does it actually. I mean, I'll, I'll go back and read the, the article, but I'd like to know how it actually does that. I mean, because it's, it's. I'm sure it's having to change, you know, photons into electricity. Yeah. So I'd like to see how um, is it is it is it doing it from solar power, like a like you know, like photons, like light, or is it doing it from some other? It produces an electric current when exposed to light. Yeah. is what the article says. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, is there is there like a collection point that's actually doing it, like a solar cell, or is it just doing a it from photo, some photodiode, mm-hmm. which is a solar cell? I, I guess I don't know. Hmm. This this we'll have to come back to this because this this could be interesting. Well, and it's definitely um, you know for the future self powered robots. Could, sure. Oh could yeah. Could be a little. Oh yeah. A little crazy. You, a little you, scary. You never saw C three PO plug in and have to charge himself. Did mm-hmm. do you ever? No. Yeah. Especially or, especially in robots. Can, I, 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 what are your thoughts drugs? on that, Phil? Uh, that was the little guy in the trash can robot, right? Yeah, that's C three PO. Yep, that's the one. Will's face is amazing right now. I wish I, I'm I wish kidding, this Will. was a video podcast. I'm kidding, Will? No, it's okay. Anyway, I was trying to segue into our next that, topic. What, what he's, what he's yeah. saying is he never robots. saw Slave Leia in the Slave Leia outfit that is in Return of the Jedi. But no, okay, no, no, no. so <laughs> robots that power themselves and buy drugs. Oh, yes. What is the world coming to? So. 
what happened here? A robot bought drugs? This is hilarious. Robot bought mm-hmm. drugs, and it's crazy. <laughs> um, so this robot was designed to scour the quote-unquote dark net and buy things with oh, Bitcoin. Oh, wow. uh, just programmed um, to do that. And it bought all kind of crazy things, like... Um, drugs. Counterfeit drugs, Nikes. Counterfeit Nikes. <laughs> Looks like there was like a Sprite in there, <laughs> um, in that picture, if I'm not mistaken. So ridiculous. Um Anyway, it was actually um, taken to prison. I don't know how that works, but that's a little dumb. Because it bought drugs, it was taken to prison, and it was actually released um, today or yesterday um, and dismissed of the charges after they destroyed all of the drugs. Um, <laughs> so it didn't mean to. Those weren't his. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they don't affect computers. I mean, the right. rec- the actual programmers. It brought a sprite. That's... They couldn't actually charge the programmers because it was just the robot was just doing what it was programmed to do. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting conundrum there. Once you have something that's kind of autonomous and just sort of does its thing, are you at fault? Oh gosh. Mm. I don't know. This reminds me of. Yeah, I can just see now the Jibo going out. Hey, <laughs> I need a fiver for. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, I have to again. Once I, I have to go look at this article, but robot buying drugs. Mm-hmm. So someone goes and prom- programs a robot. Yep. To go buy on like Amazon or something. So yeah. So this was actually programmed to buy things with Bitcoin. Um, from which where? Is already from, sketchy. From where? Just randomly. From where they buy like from OxyContin? Are we talking about a few the dark net? We're talking about like one of the dark net marketplaces, yeah. like Silk Road Two or something. Mm-hmm. What's a what, say this again? What is yeah. this? No, <laughs> there's he a whose dark name mar- shall not be mentioned. Yeah. There's a Let's dark marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was going off and it was buying stuff Just from there. Stuff, but like let's say for example, you program a robot to go to Amazon and buy random things at the best price or whatever. And it, oh, jumps off Amazon and goes to Craigslist and ends up buying drugs. Are you at fault? Yeah, you program the computer. Who owns the computer? You do. Well, then I'm at fault. I'm stupid enough to do something like that. <laughs> it's not the computer's fault. You're not to bring the computer to trial. You're going to go after the owner. This is bogus. <laughs> hmm. I don't think it's that simple. Yeah, I don't think no. it's that simple either because, I mean, if you just program the computer to do something and it, Met, you know, the programming messes up. and It wasn't programmed to specifically buy, buy drugs. drugs. Yeah. I mean, it was programmed to buy random things. So, I don't know. You got a point, you got a point there. I, I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't think we have to think about this one. Yeah. Super weird. <laughs> so the new screensavers? Yes. What's this all about? You don't sound so, very excited about the new one, screensavers. One, one who Matt. doesn't watch Star Wars, one who never does doesn't know what the screensavers is. I I knew what it was, but I don't. I didn't really watch so, it. So, oh, back man. in the day, be perfectly with you. Well, we had on. screensavers on our computers. No, 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 no. Back in the, the day, television show. Uh, they, oh, they, there okay. used to be a TV network called ZDTV. Okay. Based on uh, Ziff Davis oh, uh, yeah. magazines. Okay. Right. And that became. Um, very popular cable channel, and the cable channel was about technology. Um, so you would have people who would come on and they would talk about, let's build a computer, let's build, you know, from ground up, let's buy a case, let's buy a sound card, let's whatever. And this springboarded the careers of certain people like um, Kevin Rose, Leo Laporte. Um, uh, this is uh, 
Matt has no idea who these people no, are. No, of course I do. Okay. I know. I, absolutely. But <laughs> he's making faces. Back then, um, Kevin Patrick, Rose? Patrick Norton. Yeah. Was he um, even old enough to do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was known, he was he was like known a, as the, the dark tipper. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. So, um... Gosh, I'm not as nerdy as I thought I was. So what happened? <laughs> I'm you know, well, I, mean, right I remember now. waking up on Saturday morning and instead of watching cartoons, I was watching those green savers because it was mm-hmm. just too awesome. But they would go in and explain all these computer stuff. And as you know, a young IT person back in the early, you know, mid late nineties, I guess mm-hmm. when this was going on, this was great stuff. That was the only kind of technology program you could get. I mean, podcast yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, we didn't yeah. have such a robust internet as yeah. we do now to sure. you know do things like we're doing right now and um yeah if you want this is where you got that kind of that kind of uh entertainment yeah if you want to get like a tech review or a product review Mm -hmm. uh it was very difficult to find these things online for tech gadgets where the screensavers were um yeah you'd buy like a physical magazine back then mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah. wait it would have been hard to watch a review you actually would yeah Yeah. but this would but this was this was actually television this was actually video we're watching things anyway the point is this then became so it went from ziff davis zdtv to uh tech tv TV. and then it went to g4 paul allen uh microsoft fame actually bought the channel and then it started to really go downhill (laughs) it went to be uh g4 tv and then uh, basically he he completely derailed the whole the whole channel. Thanks, Paul. And then it became more <laughs> of a uh, pop culture um, yeah. pop culture television show, which then I quickly tuned out of because it really wasn't had less and less to do with tech, any more to do with video games and snazzy. You know. So it's coming back. So what happened was <clears throat> if we if we kind of go years down the line, Leo Laporte loves podcasting, and, and that's why he was doing this. He actually started his own podcast network called This Week in Tech. Yeah. It actually started out as a single podcast uh, with some of the same people from the screensavers. He actually did it in a bar, the Fifth Amendment or Second Amendment bar in San Francisco. They were actually after a uh, Macworld conference, they all got together in a bar and started talking about tech and Leo pulls out a, uh, a recorder, similar to the one we have now, and starts recording. And this became a podcast and this podcast sprung to grow to a channel of 20 shows, 30 shows, and a multi-million dollar business mm-hmm. for Leo uh, and, and his coworkers. So um, this actually then became, uh, this weekend, he announced that he's actually, uh, the rights had expired to the program, and now he is actually bringing that, this show back. It won't be on television. You won't be able to turn it into your cable channel, but you'll be able to see it on um on a podcast, online, through video and audio. So it's back. Yep. I'm pretty excited about this. I really like Leo and what he's done. I mean, this is this was his uh, 10-year anniversary with yeah. Twit. Did you so, watch it live? Did you ever watch it live? I watched part of this one live just to see what was going on. And I kind of just watched it for a few minutes, and I was like, no, I want to listen to this in my car like I usually do. Yeah. So I did. And I was kind of sad to see that Kevin Rose wasn't on it because he was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, he had some kind of – they said yeah. he had some kind of thing going on, like an emergency, yeah. something in New York or he something. He had to get so on a plane. Out of town. Yeah, I'm like, yep. hmm. You know, they were making jokes about Watchville. So. <laughs> but yeah. they had a lot of the same – they had uh, Megan Maroney, I think, was on it. They had uh, John C. Dvorak. They had Patrick Norton. So it was a good show. Yep. Excited so about this. I'm excited back. about this coming back. Interesting. Yeah, to, it'll be interesting to see what it's like, you know, ten years later, or I guess it's more like twelve, thirteen years later. But yeah. 
Um, I agree because we're different people. So right. it's like watching, you know, when you ever watch, go back and watch Red Dawn. It's like, oh, this really wasn't so good. But when you were a kid, <laughs> you were like, oh man, this is the best movie. This is the best movie ever. Yeah, you like know, Thundercats. Yeah. Thundercats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I like what Leo does on other other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Before you buy, that's a good. That's mm-hmm. a really good show. Uh, I definitely like This Week in Tech, you know, the flagship show, mm-hmm. um, Mac Break Weekly. These are all good shows. So I think it's going to be – it's going to recapture some of that uh, magic that they had back in the tech TV days. Well, today's topic is open versus closed platforms. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. for instance, Tide versus <laughs> Wallace Detergent, Right. <laughs> Which one of those is open? Which one of those is closed? Can we definitely Wallace Detergent is open source? Open source, it is. Yeah, so you can <laughs> add like community. vanilla to it. You sure could. Yeah, great. Well, wow. let's let's first I recommend it. But. Let's let's first define what is an open system versus what is a closed system. Who wants to take the definition? Josh, <laughs> will. You. Well, you're yeah. bouncing it off yourself yes. and blowing it on me. Huh? I think you'd be best for this. You're, you're probably, you look oh. excited. Yeah. So, so well, you are. You. This is your you topic. So, so an open platform is basically one that's community driven. It's actually um, there's usually some group of people who are supporting the initiative, but any of the intellectual rights are open to modification. They're open to um, various interpretations and also re um, rehydrating other ideas from the community back into the product. Um, usually and typically open source or open platforms, like I said, the, the source code is all open. So the community can get the source code, tweak it, uh, put it back into the repository and make it better. And there's a lot of benefit to that. Uh, closed platforms are usually ones that are owned by a particular company. The intellectual property is patented um, by a company. And that company has the rights and the um, responsibility of maintaining intellectual property rights um, and defending those rights for in- anyone who infringes on their intellectual intellectual property. So an example of this would be, um, I don't really know if Google would necessarily be no. an open platform. No, it would be Android Open Source Project, a- yeah. ADOSP. Mm-hmm. So let's give an example of, say, Linux right. or Red Hat or Fedora or Ubuntu mm-hmm. versus Windows right. versus Macintosh, right. you know, OS X. Um, Linux, you know, you, you basically can download the source code. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not and, – and, and a lot of times these open platforms are free. Sometimes they aren't. But in typically they're 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 op- you know they're open to community for downloads. Yeah, in right. the instance where they're not free, that's going to be a supported, right version, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in in this world of open versus closed platforms, you know we we have debates over things like Android, which is not necessarily open, but it the 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 spirit of it is right. a more of an open yes. platform. Right. Uh, if I have an application that I want to build for Android. Guess what? I can go download it, put it on a site, and mm-hmm. someone can click on it, download it, and install it. Right. Uh, whether if it's for good or malice or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a problem with it, it's open. You can go do what you want. And there's a lot of benefit to those types of uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Typically, I think they're more innovative. I think that they um, can possibly um, – problems get fixed fixed, fixed more, more often where closed platforms may be um, – you know, not so much, not so quickly. They right. have a QA process they may have to go through and so on and so forth. But 
you know, with 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 closed platforms, you kind of like, okay, I know I'm going to have a certain level of operability. You, right. There's a certain there's a certain uh, usability factor, I think, in closed platforms that people really like. Like, I don't think you could take a normal user and put them on Linux and say, use this instead of Windows. At some point, they're going to run into a problem where they have to open up a command line and, and type something, and they're going to be like, whoa, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with, I think, Android and iOS. iOS, having used both a lot, I, iOS is way more fluid. It's easier to use, period. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's also a, a bit of a commitment from the closed platform, especially when you're looking at like phones and the iOS versus Android, um, and, and Matt having problems, and I think I, I had a problem with the most recent update as well um, for iOS. You, you think that when you get the updates from Apple, you're going to get something that fixes it. There shouldn't be any problems because that's your only option there. Whereas with Android, you can update any way you want, basically. Uh, but all kind of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. but I also mean, go ahead i'm sorry yeah, i mean like on the flip side though because apple controls the entire ios platform they send out an update and it goes to all ios devices and yeah. on android you are reliant on the handset manufacturer mm. and or the yep. uh carrier so sure. i still don't have android 5.1 on my moto x even though it's the latest flagship from motorola which kind of sucks I want Android 5.1 because it fixes a bunch of bugs, yep. and I can't get it yet. But also, I think you know when you're saying you know there's a problem with Apple. Um, you know, it's, that has nothing to do with a closed platform, open platform. Um, the good thing is you can go to a store and get help. Yeah, but but that's your that's your only like for example, in in Phil's case with his phone, he could basically jailbreak his phone, uh, Android wise, unlock it, and download whatever I, or whatever operating system he wanted, mm-hmm. Android wise. But with the iOS, it's a little bit more difficult to jailbreak and open it. It's still possible, though. still possible, <laughs> but definitely more difficult. Um, and that's kind of the, the thing that I'm throwing out there. When we think about server platforms, you know, the difference between Linux and Windows, there's a lot of, a lot of benefits to go in Linux. You know, from a mm-hmm. speed perspective, it's not as heavy uh, on the, the platform. It tends to perform quicker, but there's applications whereby you, know, you need to use... Windows OS, SQL, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have just a lot of flexibility, you know, on the Linux side. Yeah. Unix type. There's a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of do it yourself kind of spirit to the operating system, Mm -hmm. right? It's a little bit, it's a lot more. That's a good way to put it. You know, hey, I can go do whatever I want. Now, do I know how to do these things or not? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you may need to go look for help, in which case then it becomes, can be a good and a bad thing. It could be like if you're looking for a particular help with a topic. You post to Twitter, you post to a blog, and your answer may get answered very quickly. If it's something that's not so popular, then you may be waiting weeks or months or, yeah. or never get a solution. Whereas if you're running something like OS X, um, you know, Windows, um, whatever, you can actually go somewhere and pay for this support. Right. You know, yeah. and there actually get some, something to help. Yeah, and there's some, you know, Linux like like uh, Red Hat, you know, you pay for support, right? Sure. And right. You can they'll actually give you support, but I mean that's that's something you have to pay a lot extra for. Exactly, yeah, and and it's there's certain part and, and to be to be honest, there's I think there's certain parts of Linux that are open source, and that are not open source or not open. So mm-hmm. I think it and I have to go back and look is at it, the is Cent. Cent is open source. Yeah, yeah. So Cent. So what what Cent is? Cent is just basically a another distribution of Red Hat that is primarily built around the open source community. Yeah. So literally line for line for code 
from Red Hat and CentOS is basically identical. Right. And that's why a lot of people use CentOS for running production gear, because they're very familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And it's also um, familiar where um, if they do need to port something from lab to production, it's a very easy step, because it's all the same code base. So, um, or doing certification, you're learning an operating system. Get it, get it free, learn it, and then now you've got this ability to go into a production environment running Red Hat, and it's the same. Sure. I know one of our other examples is in the virtualization space, OpenStack versus VMware or Hyper-V, right? Yeah. And how big of a title shift that is either, well, maybe it's not happening right now, but we're just right there on the edge of it happening, yeah. right? Don't you think? Yeah. Um, I think OpenStack, so OpenStack is a, uh, is a cloud management tool that then talks to a hypervisor, right? So mm-hmm. you have the cloud management tool, which could be, if we're looking at OpenStack, is to be cloud director, is to Citrix Cloud Platform or CloudStack. It's the it's the cloud automation and orchestration layer, and underneath that you have the hypervisor, which could be um, Red Hat KVM, um, VMware ESXi, uh, Microsoft Hyper-V. Are they using Zen? Zen is Zen. I think you can actually use. OpenStack to talk to a Zen server. Yeah, uh, Zen is uh, a variant of Zen is what actually uh, Amazon EC2 runs right. on. Yep, and parts of AWS. Um, they wrote that themselves. I'm pretty sure. So right? they didn't write it completely themselves, okay. but a lot of the code base. Well, yeah. a lot of it came from Citrix, mm-hmm. and then they did some tweaks and some things to change uh, specifically for their operating system. And uh, a lot of companies do that. I mean, there's actually I yeah. think it's parts of Amazon that actually went and took Juniper um, hardware. And said, "Okay, um, we're removing JunoS from the hardware, and we're writing our own switching, complete, you know, silicon to, to something working um, uh, software layer to go on top of their hardware. Very interesting. But um, you know, you find open versus closed platforms even in virtualization, even in the IT world. Uh, a lot of buzz right now along around OpenStack because it is free, uh, and that's a really nice. It's an appealing." Um, it's an appealing aspect to people in the IT world trying to save money. But with that comes, it's a double-edged sword. What happens when you've got a problem? What happens when you need support? It's a little harder to get, right? There's no one throat to go choke if you have a problem, you know, the old saying. Um, but uh, there's also where a lot of the innovation comes from, is from these, you know, the Linuxes, the OpenStack, these types of open, commu- uh, open platforms. Not to say that VMware and Hyper-V and, and you know and Azure for Microsoft is not, but those those come with a pretty hefty price tag to, to maintain and also to, to run. Mm-hmm. So it really it, it it's a choice. I think there's room in the world in the IT business for both places, for a OpenStack and open community type of cloud yeah. or hypervisor, and also something from like VMware, uh, Citrix, sure. Hyper-V, and you know, Microsoft. It's all about the use case ultimately. Well, in budget, sure. Yeah, both you of know, those. Absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you guys uh, think that the open platforms are the ones that usually do? I, I know Will, Will has said this a few times, but do you all agree that the open platforms are the ones that bring the most innovation to the table? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's where it starts, you know? Well, mm. maybe maybe the open platforms just... Because you know, there's you no can, boundaries. You can see more of the innovation because it's open. I mean, there might be a lot of... I mean, look at the first iPhone. You know, that was 
iOS all closed off, and that's tons of innovation right there. We just we just didn't know about it until they revealed it. Yeah, hmm. it was tons of innovation when somebody said, "Aha! I can go jailbreak this this device." Yeah, and I can go build my own app store, and I can install applications. So if you look at like the first jailbroken uh, iPhone, uh, you came out with the the Cydia or Cydia, yeah, uh, Cydia. app mm-hmm. store, and now. I've got applications. So if you want to look at it this way, the hacker, the jailbreaking, the open community or open sourceness of these these tools that we're seeing are kind of driving innovation to larger companies that are closed. I kind of yeah. feel like that's more evolutionary than uh, revolutionary. Evolutionary, which mean right? It's just a natural evolution of the of yeah. what this does. I mean, to me, innovation is bringing something game changing. I don't feel like you know jailbreaking an iPhone is like a no, game it's changing not. thing. You know? no, no, and I agree with you. It is yeah. evolution, right? But it is you know it is innovative now because it, that this you know it wasn't the iPhone was not originally maybe conceived to have an app store. Uh, right. Maybe it was, but yeah, it just, I think without. Jailbreaking, I think it may have been a slower transgression, tra- transition to, um, not transgression, transition to. That works too. Uh, to what we have today. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe it's just where I came from, but I had always, or what, 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 what parts of like technology that I've paid attention to more, mm-hmm. but I've just always thought that it felt like a lot of the more open platforms were first trying to get up to the level of the closed platforms. Like I think of like the GIMP is trying to copy Photoshop oh, yeah, and yeah. you know Linux is trying to be like up to Windows in terms of usability and functionality. Yeah, and I, I don't know. And I definitely just, no no I agree with that because yeah. I mean you look at like um why was Linux here in the first place? Why do we have Linux? And it was Linus Torvalds mm-hmm. was sitting in uh in a university overseas, you know, in Europe and coming home with programming assignments that he had to actually go out to go use the computer for. for. He's like, well, why don't I just build my own Linux? And he did. Yeah, and that's that was the reason why mm-hmm. Linux came about. Is Linus Torvalds is like, I need a kernel to go compile on, mm-hmm. and he wrote one. Yeah, you know. So it and it's and in its infancy, Linux was very uh, kludgy. It was it was very very mm-hmm. uh, 1.0. You know, it's like Slackware and these other types right. of first versions of Linux. And then I agree with you. It was trying to come up to that level of. Windows, you know, OS 10 and right. so on and so forth. Do you guys remember React OS? Mm-mm. No. React OS. Yeah, it sounds I, familiar, but I can't, I can't. I have no idea what happened in this. I used to follow it because it was so interesting, but it was this open source, um, it was an open source recreation of Windows. So they were trying to make like Windows, but open source. Like they were trying to recreate all of the DLLs so that you can like go into this React OS and install a Windows application and you, and, and that's it. It would just run. Wow. As if it were Windows. How about Open Office? Anybody like, use yeah, Open Office? Like Open Office, yeah. Gosh, that was is. I guess it's still around. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's it's forked, but um, really? like it's like I don't know how to say this. Libre Office, but that that, that yeah. like forked off of Open Office. Oh, yeah. I thought okay. I thought he meant something else. Yeah, no, <laughs> and was Libre, Libre Office is still is still around. <laughs> yeah, I have I have that installed in here actually. Really? Yeah, I, I read it was a little bit better than the Open Office. Really? Fork of Open Office. You know, so. it, and the, the thing is, is I think. Back in the day, you know, if you couldn't afford Office, this was a good alternative. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. I remember being in um, in college, and in one of my first college classes, they were like, "Hey, you know, if you can't get Office, just go to OpenOffice.org, and download it." I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, 
And now yep. we have Google Docs and Office and, Live. Which yep. is great. Yeah. And but free. also look at things mm-hmm. like like you were saying, GIMP. If you couldn't mm-hmm. afford Photoshop, yeah. GIMP mm-hmm. was and still is a very powerful editor that is completely free. And I don't know if it's open source. Is it is it open sourced? Uh, I, I don't or is know. it just free? I know. I mean, it's definitely free. I it's thought free. I thought it was open source, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I mean, I know that uh, the Seashore for for OS 10 is built off of the GIMP. So yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. It probably I used is to use that. Source. I used to use yeah. that. I still use that. Sometimes. Really, it's still around. Yeah, awesome. I used to use that. I don't know if they updated, but I still have down it. Recently stal- downloaded. We're just going down the nostalgia road, aren't we? <laughs> the screensavers. Nostalgia the screensavers. You know, LibreOffice. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's Wallace, cool. Is Wallace detergent open source or is it closed source? It's open source. Uh, I open. share the recipe with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So feel free to make improvements and bring is, that back to the community. Is the right? recipe going to be on the blog? Yes. I took pictures of myself Did making you? it oh, Saturday. Oh, yeah, very I good. I'll make a very little good. posting wow. for you guys. Yeah. Fantastic. Are you going to make a commercial for it where you show mm-hmm. that it gets out stains better than the <laughs> leading competition? Okay. If you have big, yes. if you have big brand names. That have you spent? I'll get like a g- generic softball detergent. jersey, you know? <laughs> they always have like yeah, a generic yeah. baseball jersey or something like that. <laughs> They're like, see, he was outside playing. Grass stain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. It's so funny. Uh, well, I think that about wraps our episode today. As always, check us out on venue.com or takethenextturn.com and also, of course, iTunes. Give us some good ratings there. We're on the Twitter, twitter.com slash venue. And uh, we will see you next week for episode number 24.